Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. Reflections from the Heart with your host, David Abel, is an outreach of gospel reflection, a ministry of stewardship, a mission of faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join David as he breaks open the bread of life in the gospel reading for Sunday's Mass. And as the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers, inspires us today with the truths he reveals to our hearts through his word. Now, here's David with Reflections from the Heart. Welcome everyone to another session of Reflections from the Heart. My name is David Abel. Today I'm joined by Rob Longo, Rick Hackman. Welcome one and all. Good to be here, David. David. Awesome, awesome. And this is so exciting. If everyone would take their Bibles and turn to Matthew chapter 25, verses 31 through 46, we're going to see what it's going to look like for each and every one of us when Jesus comes for us, the question he's going to ask, and the reality of what our gift of our life back to others means to Christ himself. So with that, Rob, do you mind inviting the Holy Spirit into our hearts to help us break open the bread of life? I would love to. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for... Uh, this day. Thank you for this moment in time. And uh, sh- Lord, please just help us to just to clear out anything that's uh, kind of swirling around in our heads and our hearts and just, just focus on you. Just surrender all that to you. Not clear it out, Lord. Just help us to surrender it to you. That's to give you any of our worries, any of our anxieties, any of our fears, any of our doubts. Uh, just give those all to you, Lord. Uh, please Guide us in this conversation. Help us to just to be open, to be open to receiving your love, to, re- to receive the challenge that you might present to us, uh, how, you, how you want us to change as husbands or wives or brothers or sisters, mothers, fathers, uh, whatever, uh, whatever role we play in life. You, you might have a challenge for us today, so help us to be open to that challenge. And we'll just ask the, the intercession of Our Lady in a special way. Mary, if you could pray with us, if you can pray for us, help us to Pray for us that we grow closer to your Son, that, uh, that we can be selfless servants uh, each and every day in everything that we do. Uh, Hail Mary, full, full of, grace. of grace, the, the Lord, Lord is, is with thee. Blessed, blessed art thou among women, women, and blessed, blessed is, is the fruit, fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mary Mother of God, God pray, pray for, for us sinners, sinners now and at the hour of our death. death. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. Amen. And with that, Rick, do you mind uh, giving us a little bit of gospel love this morning? The gospel is taken from Matthew, 25th chapter, verses 31 through 46. Jesus said to his disciples, When the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the angels with him, he will sit upon his glorious throne, and all the nations will be assembled before him. And he will separate them one from another, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will place the sheep on his right, and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. A stranger, and you welcomed me. Naked, and you clothed me. Ill, and you cared for me. In prison, and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him and say, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and welcome you, or naked and clothe you? When did we see you ill or in prison and visit you? The king will say to them in reply, Amen, I say to you, 
Whatever you did for one of the least brothers of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you accursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. A stranger, and you gave me no welcome. Naked, and you gave me no clothing. Ill and in prison, and you did not care for me. Then they will answer and say, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or ill or in prison and not minister to your needs? He will answer them, Amen, I say to you, what you did not do for one of these least ones, you did not do for me. And these will go off to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord, Lord Jesus, Jesus Christ. Christ. Now, Rick, as you were reading this, I just kept circling, I and you. Jesus is showing in this amazing gospel reading that every time we respond in love and we feed the hungry who are hungering for Jesus Christ in their lives or physically hungering, we're feeding Christ. Every time that, we're th- that we see someone that's thirsty, Jesus said, when I was thirsty, you gave me. When we give them that living water that should be flowing forth from us, that's Christ, the life of Christ living in us. We're doing it for Christ, a stranger, and you welcomed me. You clothed me. You cared for me. You visited me. This just so spoke to my heart that love is a call to action. I remember the scripture verse that said, do not be just hearers of the word, but doers of the word. We are called to be vessels of God's love. And every time we do for the least of these, you do it for Jesus. Do we see Christ alive and living in each and every person we meet today at the convenience store, in church, in our homes, in the homeless shelter, wherever the Lord takes us? Do we see that that person truly has Christ in them? And so for me, Matt, I just want to respond in love always because love to me, it's a call to action, call to action. And when Rick was reading the gospel, the, uh, the, the words from uh, a prayer that we pray at Mass, uh, when we're kind of examining our conscience or you know, asking for God's forgiveness in, in, in our thoughts, in our words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do. Yes. So it didn't say that the, that the second group um, you know, were were mean or did anything. They 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 weren't punching the people. They weren't kicking them. They weren't spitting at them. They weren't yelling at them. They just did nothing. Right? It's like the rich man and Lazarus. Yes. The rich man, you know, he didn't kick him or you know he didn't do he didn't do anything to him. He just did nothing. Stepped over him. He just didn't love them. Just didn't love them. Yeah. So the the, the sins of omission. Uh, you know, as we examine our conscience, as, as I examine my conscience, you know, I, I, I think I need to do a better job. You know, where did I miss the an opportunity to love today? Mm-hmm. Where did I miss an opportunity to love today? And, um, and, and to be, just to be okay with the Lord showing me that, um, you know, asking for forgiveness for missing those opportunities, and then just to be aware, just to really be aware of the opportunity to, uh, you know, to, to minister to those who are in need. And what Rob, what really struck me is when the, when the people that Jesus was, was um, talking with, when he addressed them and said, you didn't feed me, you didn't give me drink, you didn't visit me, you didn't welcome me, you didn't clothe me, 
Listen to how they responded. They recognized him as Lord. They said, Lord, when did we see you hungry? So these are people that recognize that Christ is Lord. They recognize it. They use all great lip service. But their actions, their actions don't line up with their lips. And so they're actually, with their lives, lying to God because their their lips are saying one thing, but their actions are doing another. And that that really hit me um, that, you know, they recognize him as Lord. And is God serious? You betcha. Look at the consequence of our choice. Eternal punishment for not clean, not feeding, not clothing, not visiting, not recognizing Christ in the poor is eternal punishment. That's not a week. That's not a year. It's eternal. Eternally separated from God. It's the, God's not joking around, and he keeps giving us, you know, reminder after reminder after reminder. Because right here in the beginning it says when the Son of Man comes. It doesn't say if. It says when. Each and every one of us are destined to meet Christ. We're destined. It says it right here. And then Christ is going to look at us. And based then and there on our response to his call to love, our response to loving him and others, he's going to separate us, sheep and goats. And you think, well, I'm not a sheep, I'm not a goat, but let's look at the characteristics of a sheep and of a goat. Because right ahead of that, Jesus tells us he's the shepherd. Okay? Well, you know, if we're Jesus' disciples and he's our shepherd, guess what we're doing? Total dependence on him. That's what a sheep does. They don't know where to go what to eat, how much to eat, how to protect themselves, how to stay in a pen. They're totally dependent on the shepherd. If the shepherd wasn't there, they would be left open to the, to the, to the wild animals. They would eat themselves to death in, a, in one certain field. They wouldn't move to another. They wouldn't stay together. Sheep are 100% dependent on and trusting in the shepherd. Now we look at goats. Well, goats, imagine that. I know it used to be my life's journey, and I still battle with it. It's all about me, myself, and I. Goats go where they want to go, when they want to go, eat what they want to eat. They are not in a fold. They are not in a family. They are often independent, doing what they want to do. So, wow, the litmus test is, what am I doing? Am I following Christ every day? And One of the things that's really powerful to me is this whole notion of God put the first commandment, summed up everything else— Love God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your, and your strength. But this verse, this scripture verse we just read today is saying, love God. And the litmus test of our love, loving God is how we love others, especially those who persecute us. Jesus from the cross forgave them. Jesus from the cross didn't condemn them. He wept for them. He said, I thirst. He thirsts for them, their hearts, their salvation. So for me, you know, I don't want to judge. I don't want to condemn. I want to, I want to be such in unity with Christ and have it be Christ that live, as St. Paul says, no longer I, but Christ living in, through, and with me, that I don't even recognize that I'm truly feeding Christ. You know, and so for me, that's, that's so important, Rob, so important. And when you mentioned thirst, I'm just thinking of uh, Jesus's, one of his last words on the cross, I, I thirst. And in every one of the homes of uh, uh, the missionaries of charity, in their chapel, 
they have a crucifix, and then they just have Jesus' words, I thirst. And what is Jesus thirsting for? Our hearts, right? He's thirsting for us, for our lives, for our hearts, for our yes. And every time that we answer this call to service, to serving him and the poor, we're answering his, his or, you know, we're quenching his thirst. Yes. That we can, with our lives today, we can quench Jesus' thirst when he's hanging on the cross. We can help him get up well, well, you know, when, when, you know, under the weight of the cross, when he's carrying his cross, when he's sweating blood in the garden and his buddies are, are sound asleep, by us being awake and, and vigilant in our love towards others, that can help him when he's in his agony in the garden now. I mean, we, that, that's the beautiful thing. We can quench Jesus' thirst now. And when you think about uh, John the Baptist, when he was baptizing and, and calling people to repentance, and they're like, okay, okay, you know, we're, we're in. You know, we want to follow God. We want to turn away from whatever's keeping us away. Now what do we do? And what did he say? For those of you who have two coats, give one. For those of you who have food, do the same. Right? So, you know, we can say I love God all day long. You know, that's like an internal deal. But what's the outward proof to God and to the world that you truly love God? It's, it's what this reading is calling us to through the love and service of others. Yes. So John the Baptist, okay, you're in. Have two coats, give one. Have food, do the same. Very simple. Very simple. You need to put it into action. Yes. And not looking for anything in return is the key, Rob. Because a lot of times we say, well, I gave a check to the church. I should be able to tell Father what to do. I gave this to this charity. I should have a voice. No, love is free. Love is unconditional. It's not controlling, and it is not manipulative. It's a response to the way God the Father loves us. You know, and, and for each and every listener out there, man, today's a new day. Mother Teresa said, do ordinary thing, things with extraordinary love. And I think of just this Monday, I went to Turkey Hill to buy, buy a cup of coffee because my coffee maker, I didn't make coffee that morning. So I bought, a, I bought a cup of coffee, and as I'm checking out, the woman in front of me who had this big coat on, she was dressed a little frumpy. In the world's eyes, she was like, you know, ah, someone you don't even want to talk to or mess with. But see, when you look at her with the eyes of Christ, who do you see? I see Jesus' sister. I see God the Father's daughter. I see the spouse of the Holy Spirit. This woman is precious, made in the image and likeness of God. So when I saw she couldn't carry everything, he said, may I carry that milk jug for you? And I took her back for a moment. Well, who would do that? And so she said, oh, okay. And as we're walking out the door, she said, your mother must have raised you right. And I just chuckled, and she, you know, kept walking to the car. And as I gave her the milk jug to put into the car, I said, may God bless you. And then God gave me a heavenly kiss because this woman, her eyes teared up, and the tears started rolling down her cheek because she felt pure love, the love of Christ, unconditional, doing an act of kindness, looking for nothing in return. We are given those God moments and those opportunities every day of our life, Rob, every day of our life. We can become those vessels of God's love today. Invite God in. And here's something that the Lord really taught me. I mean, we look at James in the reading where it says, you know, faith without works is what? Dead. Dead. Well, well no, wait a minute. I, I know Jesus is Lord. I say he's Lord. I say all these great prayers. Excuse me. Faith without works is dead. Well, works... Without faith, that's dead too. That's me playing God. I can do all this good stuff, so I deserve to go to heaven. No, 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 none of us do. It's only through what Jesus Christ did for each and every one of us that the gates of heaven are open. So it's faith working in love. Faith and work. Works of love are the outpouring of the true yes of our hearts. 
Once we say our yes, God the Father, it says in scriptures, prepared these works to do for us. What works? To go out and build this or build that? No, works of love in our workplace, in our family, in our community, in our church. Man, it makes your life a great adventure. So for me, Rob, that's faith and works, baby. They're together. Inseparable. Inseparable. And, and oftentimes people will say, and I've said, you know, I, I wish I had more so I can give more. And then you hear these heroic stories of, of people that don't have a lot, and they just continue to give. And uh, I, I remember seeing this one story of a, a gentleman, he and his, his wife and mother, maybe it was like a whole family affair, I think almost every night in their little humble apartment. They had a couple different stoves going, and they would cook dinner every night. And then this guy would take that dinner, hot right off the stove, go to this one particular street corner, and he would feed the homeless right out of the trunk of his car. Right, and then and then people, you know, the, the homeless knew that he was coming, and and they would they would gather and have a meal, and he would hang with them and and feed them. And you see this person's apartment that he was doing this out of. It was it was not, nothing. It was humble. It was he didn't have much, you know, uh, as, as the world would would say. But he he gave, and he went out, and he was feeding the folks. So uh, sometimes I have a tough time. Like, how do I find this? And I know we say. You know, people that are hungry for love and thirsty for love, they need to be fed with the love of Jesus, which is true. But there are some people that are physically hungry, and they need they need a you know a meal. They need something to eat physically. They need something to drink physically. And uh, you know, there's so much out there that you know. Sometimes I get um, paralyzed almost by the the amount of need there is, and then that par- that paralysis you know leads to inactivity. You know, so you read this, it's like, wow, Jesus really means what he says. I, I'd like to try to get in the game here of, of physically feeding. I don't know, do, do either of you have any experience with physically going out there and feeding uh, with food and with, with drink, uh, folks? I, I don't have much experience with that. I mean, for me, it just brings back the memory of Ethiopia with Father George. Mm, wow. Oh, my goodness. We pre-bought grain and food for them. And people walked for seven hours to come to meet us, to open up their tunic, to receive two tin cans full of corn. Some of the people that came were lepers that had their hands were just you know, bumps like nubs. Their toes were, were, were not there. Others that came had elephantitis. And I'm like, you walked for five hours, your legs all swollen, each step painful for two tins of corn. I I was so emotional. I cried so much. I think, oh my goodness, what I throw away at a restaurant meal, at the kitchen table, these people walked. Would I walk five hours for two kins, tins of kernels of corn? I wept. And you know what? I hugged the leopard, leper. You know what? I washed the feet of these people with elephantitis. If you've never seen it, it, is, it would take your, well, it would stop you from breathing, the odor that comes out, but it'll take your breath away in just the gargantuan size of their appendages and wash them. Why? They're experiencing human touch. When I hugged the lepers, it was like, you know what, God? I'm going to do this because you want to hug your sister, your brother through me. And God protected me. Thank you, Lord. And so these moments where fear or anger or unforgiveness cause us to not love another... Those are perfect moments to grow in love, 
Because that's when we surrender to God and say, God, right now, I can't love this leper, this person with leprosy. I can't love this person correctly. But I know, surrendering to you, you can love them through me. So you invite God, you surrender, and invite God to love them through you, the person that just persecuted you. Pray for them and ask God to love them through you. Because every person you meet, number one, was created by God in the image and likeness of God. Number two, if they're wounded and damaged by the world, they may have things that come out of them that are not healthy. But you know what? Ultimately, they're God's children. Ultimately, Christ is in them and is starving, is thirsting. You use the word thirsting for that life-giving water. And you just don't know the impact you can have when you love unconditionally without expecting anything back. Just give because you can't outgive Rob. Rob, you can't outgive God. You can't. Give, 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 give. And when you're tired, guess what? Good. Surrender. Ask God. Fill me. Strengthen me. My spiritual director says, you know what, Dave? He says, I get, he's 86 years old. He said, I get three hours of sleep a night. But here's what I do. I said, what's that, Monsignor? He said, I pray to God and said, for every hour I get, give me three hours of sleep. And he answers my prayer every night. Well, I want to go. And you know what I do? Mr. Doubting Thomas, Mr. Disbeliever, I go, oh, yeah, right. That really happens. But this man at 86 travels all over the world, gives spiritual direction to bishops, priests, and mostly all of Mother Teresa's nuns all over the world. I've seen him in action, and I'm like, I can't keep up with him. He's 86. So guess what? Maybe what he just told me is truth. And my doubting is the blockage that keeps God from granting me that grace. Because why? I don't believe it. I don't believe it. But guess what? He lives it. He lives it. And yet, you, you have to be careful what you pray for. Uh, when we had Claudio, we had Claudio on on the radio here a few weeks ago. Our friend from Brazil, who's you know, born with his head uh, backwards, back of his head pressed against in, in you know in between his shoulder blades, arms atrophied, he can't take care of himself at all. And when he came, he came with his nephew Jose, and Jose took care of all his personal care needs. He would carry his uncle, and if we had to pick up at six thirty, they would have to get up at four thirty for him to bathe his uncle and shave his uncle, do the, 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 you know, the food prep and everything. And he did it, like you said, David, without expecting anything in return, without expecting a pat on the back or looking for any recognition or praise or anything. He just did it day in and day out. And it was just so beautiful to see. So as I was reflecting back on that visit, and sure, we were bringing Claudio to give an inspirational you know, speech to high schools and colleges, and we thought that we were you know, taking him to serve them or to give them a message. But God had the message for me of being a selfless servant, being a selfless servant, especially at home, to do things for my wife, to serve her, to serve the kids without expecting anything in return. So I just asked God, Lord, help me to, to be a selfless servant like, like, like my man Jose. Um, within days uh, of that prayer, it was our last soccer game, a team that I've coached for four years, me and, me and another coach. So we, we, we were, you know, we've been co-coaching for four years, same kids. And it was the last, the last game. And at that game, one of the moms organized this whole big celebration and a thank you for the coach. And, uh, and at the end, oh, here, give your coach the thank you gift. And it was for the other coach. And it was like, it was like I wasn't even there. Like, like it, I was... And I was like, I coach this, I co- this is the mom that organized it. I coach her kid for, this is the fourth year that I've coached them. And it was like, I was completely 
invisible to her. I mean, it was it was the weirdest thing. So then I'm driving home. I was like, wow, that was kind of awkward. And then in my heart, the Lord said, you know, you remember the prayer. You want to serve, right? Did you coach these kids for the thank you that you were going to get at the end of the season? Or did you coach them because you love the kids and you want to do that out of love for them? And you prayed to have practice being a selfless servant without getting anything, uh, any recognition or anything in return. So be careful what you pray for. God will, God will give you those, those, those opportunities to grow. Well, and you know what? Those opportunities to go is I like to look at love. Love is a muscle. Our muscle needs they need worked out every day. And the more we work them out, the more they get stretched. The more they tear and heal, they get stronger, just like love. The more we use that muscle of love every day, and God stretches us in those moments. Oh, I've had it happen. I'm like, wait a minute. I should be meeting the bishop in this one situation in Ireland. And, and my buddies meet him, and he didn't invite me along. I was pouting. I was so like, I can't believe this. I flew the whole way to Ireland, and I'm not going to meet the bishop. And the Lord really got a hold of me. I, in the old days, they say, boxed your ears. <laughs> well, really got a hold of me and, and really had me go and, and ask for forgiveness because it's not about me. And so love is a muscle that needs to be worked out every day. Allow the Lord to stretch it, tear it, so that it heals and grows bigger. Why? So we can love more. And so for me, that, that illustration is so powerful. And, and with that, I, I want to leave everybody with this little prayer that came out of my heart. It's called a stewardship prayer. We're in the Thanksgiving Day seasons. And so what I would recommend is give thanks to God every day for the gift of life, for the opportunity to serve Him and be a vessel of His love. And then... And then be open to where he takes you, understanding that everything we have is a gift from God to be used to help others. So let us pray. Dear Lord, I pray that you give me the wisdom to guide me on this faith journey of stewardship. Help me to understand that everything I have is a gift from you. Open up my heart and my mind so that I may use these marvelous gifts to give back to you here on earth. I pray, Lord, that you welcome me into your kingdom at the end of my life and that you are pleased with what I have done with all of your gifts. Amen. God bless each and every one of you. Bye-bye. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, you might consider participating in a Gospel Reflection group. For information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org and click on Gospel Reflection Groups. Or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a mission of faith, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation by visiting our website or calling us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of David and the staff here at Stewardship, a Mission of Faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to him.